This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Welcome to New Life In-Person Indoors 2021. This is exciting. This is so fun. Thank you, everyone, joining us online. You are with us. We are with you. This is a great day for us. So Last year, our family showed up to be a part of New Life, and then pandemic hit. And so I've only seen like half of your faces this whole time. (laughs) Yeah, here we are stepping back into this new time. And I I just want to say thank you for being here with us today and for being a part of this journey. And as we continue walking forward as a church, we're excited to see the things that God has for us, what's in store for us, what he wants to do in the life of our church and through us in our city and our county and the world beyond us. And and that's all of us sitting in and saying, we're yours, God. We're here for you, Jesus. What do you want to do in our stories? So thank you so much for being in this. And, and I just want to give you a couple bits of information as we're getting started today. Today's going to be a fun Sunday. We're going to be launching some friends, some people looking to hear some of their story, what God's doing in there. And, and it's our first time back, so all sorts of fun stuff. We had a whole crew here this morning trying to make sure everything was working. And you know how you test stuff throughout the week and it works fine? And then you turn it on for the moment? So we're just going to see what happens today. <laughs> and just, you know, but we were praying early and we're like, God, even if the stuff doesn't work, you still do. And so that's what that's what's matters. That's what's the most important thing. And so we're here because he wants to do something good in our lives today. And, and so I want to let you know, if you're, if you're wanting to learn more about who we are as a church, like we're figuring out how to be connected. Normally we'd have programs or stuff a year and a half ago. That doesn't exist so much anymore. But if you look in the seat back pocket in front of you, hopefully you'll see a little piece of paper. There's a little QR code you can scan. And that will take you to our website and you can download the New Life app. And that's a great way to stay connected. And on that app, there's all sorts of information about who we are. But you can also fill out a card, the digital connect card or a prayer request. And if you're watching online, you can go to our website, newlifepetaluma.com. And you can also stay connected that way. So if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself or you'd like some prayer this week, we'd love to partner with you in that way. But as we get started today, I, just, I want to just start by saying thank you to God and praying to him. So would you pray with me as we jump into our time this morning? And, and we just want to say, Father, here in this place, thank you for being good. Thank you that even though we've had to be distant and scattered and we're still figuring out what coming back in will fully look like, thank you that you have not been distant, that no pandemic can ever separate us from you. And so, God, we're so grateful that you've been a part of the story. And, and even if it's felt like maybe you've been quiet, Thank you that you're still present, that you're a God who comes close because you desire us to know you. And as we begin to emerge from this, would we experience the beauty of being your church together, being for each other, walking together as we chase after you. And so we're here this morning to celebrate with you all the things that you have done and are doing. Amen. Amen. Well, I remember when I was just stepping out of university, I was growing up in Southern California, spent my whole life there, and I took a job right up here in Sebastopol at a camp called Mount Gilead. And so it was a great, it was like a great time, yeah, to, to come up to NorCal and realize you don't say the in front of the freeways and all the things I had to learn. But I remember that whole summer, I was just thinking, what's next with my life? What's next with my life? And I'd been talking with a friend that whole summer from our church back in Southern California, my buddy Andy, and he has just been saying, hey, Joel, I, I think... I think you should join me in, in working with our middle school students. I think you should be a part of the, the ministry team as we jump back in. And, and no one had ever spoken to me like that. Like, like no one had ever invited me into something before. And then I just remember this one day we're talking on the phone and he's like, so do you want to do it? And it was a question that actually changed my life. Because it was somebody who saw something in me that I didn't even know was there. And yet he was speaking into my life. He was speaking into my story. He was actually calling me into so much of what I was created to be and what I was meant to be. And and I'm so grateful for my friend Andy speaking into my story. In that moment, he brought me into the story God wanted to do because he saw something in me. And And it was like he had taken the stone and skipped it across the river of my life. And those ripples are still impacting my story today. And the story of other people that I've been able to be a part of because of his voice in my life. And, and I just, I love that because I think it's such a beautiful picture of what it actually means for us to be church together. 
that it's so much more than just showing up. As exciting as this is, if all we did was show up and go home, we missed the point of being church. Like, like being church is walking together and, and being a voice of life and encouragement to one another. And we, and we know this because this is what like, the, the very first Christians understood about being church together. There's this, this letter that one of the ancient Christian writers wrote to the first Christians, and, and he speaks about this beauty of being a community, of being family, of walking together and helping each other become who we are meant to be. And, and, and he writes these words in this book that we call Hebrews, which is one of the many books in this collection of books we call our Bible. And, and I love what he says about this in Hebrews chapter 4. He says these beautiful words, and he says this. He says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise, his promise of not abandoning us, his promise of pursuing us, his promise of bringing us back into life with him. So he's saying, like, let's hold on to that hope that we can have. And then he says, let us think of ways to motivate one another towards acts of love and good works. To, to this life we've been called to step into, to, to partner with Jesus in the story of redemption of this world and to realize there's a role for us to play. And, and I love what he's saying here to these first Christians because he's really saying, hey, there's, there's a couple of important things to remember in the story. The first is hold on. Hold on to the hope that you have because God is at work. And that's such an important thing that we need to remember because have you noticed how the world can get a little bit crazy? Did we not just experience this? Are we still trying to figure it out as we're stepping out of COVID? And, and I love that he says, hold on to the hope that you have, because even though the world can get crazy, God is on the move. And he is at work in the story, wanting to redeem you and all of it together. So don't give up. Hold on to that hope. And then he says, speak into each other's lives along the way. Like one of the reasons why we can hold on to this hope is because this idea of what he's talking about, that this is not a sole venture we're in. That when we step into this new life that Jesus has for us, he calls us to become a part of his family that he calls his church. This gathering of people that say, we want to like follow you, Jesus, because we want to be a part of the story that you're doing. And we can hold on to this hope because we are meant to walk together in life. That as we walk together, we have the opportunity to speak life into each other's stories. To see what God is up to in your story and to say, I think God's on the move. Do you see what he's doing? He's got something for you. And to let others speak that same truth and hope into our life. That, that this is what it means, that, that Jesus calls us into this life. He calls every single person into this life. It's an open offer for everyone. And as we step into that life, we get the privilege of walking together so we can encourage each other and speak life into each other's stories. And I, and I love that these first followers of Jesus took these words to heart and they actually lived this out. The reason we're talking about Jesus some 2,000 years later is because they did this in their day. They held on to hope in crazy circumstances. This was the generation of Christians that were being burned for following Jesus, thrown to the like, like life was crazy for them, but they held on to hope because they were walking together and they spoke encouragement into each other's story. So much so that this message of Jesus is now rippled through the millennia to us so that we can begin to play our part. We can step into the story and begin to follow after Jesus in our day and hold on to that same hope as we walk together, speaking life into each other's stories and listening to others speak life into our own story. And see, that, that's what church is supposed to be. That's why even though we were on hold meeting together for a year and a half, the church was not on hold. If you had the privilege of walking with other people, you understood what church is supposed to be. If you had the privilege of being able to speak life into another person's story, then you understand that that's what church is supposed to be. And as we step back into this time, yes, let's celebrate the fact that we can gather in person again, but let's not forget it's so much more than just showing up. It's being for each other, holding on to that hope together. And this message of Jesus, this is what we're celebrating today. 
that as we be a church together, we can actually speak life to one another, empower each other for the life we were created for, and have impact in each other's stories that will ripple beyond just us to the world around us. And so that's so much of what we're celebrating today. And so we're going to be talking with some people today about what God's been doing in their story as we look to launch and celebrate. But I don't know if you realize this, we, were, we, we got to have some dinner with some friends this week and we saw a whole bunch of people with gowns on. And we're like, what are they, like some weird cult? No, they were graduates. They were graduates celebrating their graduation. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. And we have some that we want to celebrate today. And so we're going to have a conversation with a couple of our graduates, with, with Alexa and with Jacob. And I'm going to invite them to come on up right now. And we're going to have a little conversation. So come on up. You can grab that one. We didn't rehearse any of this. So we're assuming those microphones are going to work. Come on in and ha- let's, let's have a conversation. So maybe you could just start by introducing yourselves and where are you graduating from? Uh, <laughs> you my go. name's Jacob and I'm graduating from Sonoma State University. Are these on? Let's do a little check, check real quick. Check, 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 it's all right. It's only like the, the, the fifth glitch, so it's, we're okay. It's like we're on a roll. They're scrambling back there. Are we good? Give me a th- I'm, I'm seeing this, so that means no, no, we're not good. So I'm just going to talk for a little bit. While they, let's see if yours is working. No. This is awesome. I don't know if I can go and grab those because we, you can hear us in here, but we got a, ton, a lot of people online that, you know, they're like, can I read those lips? Let's just take a moment to talk amongst ourselves. Why don't you just share with the person sitting next to you, what's your favorite part about wearing a mask? Just have a conversation. All right. Is that our one to share? Okay. We're going to share that one. Beautiful. Yes. All right. I, I don't want to interrupt that awesome mask conversation. I know you could talk about that forever, but we're going to bring it back up here now. So, hey, all right, introduce yourselves okay. once more, <laughs> and where you're graduating from. Uh, my name is Jacob Clark, and I'm graduating from Sonoma State University. Yeah. Nice. So here we are, the class of 2021 representing, and it's, it's so, like, I've gotten to know you guys in my limited way over this, this time, but it's been fun. I know we had a fun walk once day with the families, and we played some games online along the way, but, like, I know that you've also experienced church community far beyond even my interactions with you, and I think there's something so beautiful when we have other people walking with us who are church for us and church with us, and so... How have the people you have known as your church helped shape who you are today? That's a really good question. Um, I think for me, church is new life, but it's also on-campus ministries that I was involved with um, throughout my four years of college, and they taught me the importance of community. Uh, I can't stress that enough, how important it is to have friends that you can walk through life with, and they taught me that you need community to get through some of the hardest times of your life. College brought up so many hard questions and so many hard circumstances, and you can pray about those circumstances, you can talk to God about it, but you also need to have friends that you can talk to about it. And that was so encouraging for four years to be able to have friends who were going through similar things and were willing to talk to me about it. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. All right people in the trench with you. Yeah. How about you? Um, my answer is pretty similar to Jacob's because I think that the church to me is community as well. Um, but not only just being a part of community, but also how to extend that to other people as well. Um, I know that some very influential people in my life um, that really demonstrated that are the Webs, and especially Emma and Lizzie because they're a couple years older than me 
and I really looked up to them, and they showed me what it was like to really um, include others and to care for others and to extend love to others. And I started to like see them do that and then begin to model that in my own life. Mm -hmm. And I think just like seeing other people doing that made it that much easier for me to learn how to do that and enjoy to do that, enjoy doing that. That's awesome. I, 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 lo I love that like a generation or something just a little bit ahead is like, hey, walk with us. And they're pouring into you, but in doing that, you saw something that you wanted to, oh, I want to do that too. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, the fact that the age gap wasn't so large, it kind of felt like we were peers, but also they were also helping lead me and helping me grow at the same time. That's awesome. Can, can either of you, did you just think of your own story, your own experience of walking with people? Like, I know in my story, there's times where I, I can point at distinct moments, like the story I shared with my buddy Andy speaking in my life. Like, it, it fundamentally shaped me and, and changed me. Can you think of a moment where somebody spoke words of life into your story and you thought, hey, maybe there's more to who I am than even I, I realized about myself? Yeah, um... The first story that comes to mind, I was in eighth grade, so it's been a while, but I was in a science classroom, and our principal was actually teaching the class, and I consider myself a quiet kid, but I was much more quiet back then. <laughs> I sat in the back of the classroom, so I wouldn't have any attention on me, and often when I spoke, kids just didn't listen, and they kind of just didn't really care what I had to say, mm -hmm. and the principal one day quieted the whole class down and he called me out by name, and so I started sweating profusely. <laughs> and he says, Jacob, one day when you talk, people are gonna listen. Wow. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, he was right, you're listening. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, when I've been called mm. into a leadership role and have felt inadequate, I've gotten to look back on that story and see the tangible way that God mm. called me into these things. And I think that's the most empowering thing that someone has said to me. That's amazing. I remember one day, Christy and I were talking, and I was working with college students at the time, and I just told her, like, it's really weird. Like, when I talk to them, they're listening. I don't understand. Like, because, again, that's not my story. And she's like, yeah, your words have weight. And her words had weight, and it, like, the same kind of thing. Like, oh, my gosh, like, God, like, we can use our voices. That's so, Yeah. Are you an introverted personality? Oh, yeah. Are you an introvert? Yeah. So three introverts having a conversation <laughs> in front of a whole bunch of people. God, God's on the move. How about you? Can you think of a moment where someone just spoke words of life and it's just like, whoa? Yeah, definitely. So um, Angela Lamb, as many of you guys know, is my aunt. And she's been really instrumental in my life. Um, and I remember a while back, we were having a conversation, um, probably within the last year or so, um, about our next gen program and I'm a small group leader. I was leading a group of fifth grade girls with Angela or well, another Angela actually um, <laughs> But uh, she was just telling me how proud she was of me um, for the work that I was doing because she was seeing um, All the stuff that was happening and I kind of like didn't believe her to be honest mm -hmm. um, because I kind of underestimated myself a little bit, but she was telling me about how she saw the friendships that were being fostered, um, the relationships with Jesus that were um, becoming stronger because of our little community there. Um, and it made me realize that I want to like, have an impact. I want to um, be more intentional about the way that I'm having an impact. I, wanted, like, I realized I was doing that already, but I wanted to be more intentional in order to do it with more people and to kind of extend the ways that I'm like impacting the world. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I think that's a, like it's such a beautiful desire to want to have an impact. I think that's how God shaped us to like join him in this creative work in the world. And sometimes we just need someone to say, that's you. Yeah. And I think it helped me stop underestimating myself and kind of realizing what kind of an impact I can have and then kind of what impact do I really want to have? Yeah. So not just what I can do, but what do I want to do? That's awesome. Let's talk about that a little bit. Because you're both looking to step into this next season of life. Like, what impact are you hoping to have? Yeah. Um, in the fall, I'm going to be teaching at middle school for the first year. So, <laughs> yeah. we yes. will pray for you. Yeah, prayers are appreciated. Um, 
Alexa mentioned this when she talked about Emma and Lizzie, but someone told me in college that you need to have people pouring into you and you need to be pouring into other people. And this is gonna be an incredible opportunity for me to pour into younger kids and to remind them day in and day out just how loved they are. Um, hmm. You know, school and growing up is a hard thing and um, it's important to have a mentor there like Angela was for you to uh, help them get through those hard times and to be that community for those kids. So I'm really excited for that. That's awesome. Um, for me, it's going to look a little bit different. Um, I'm obviously not going to go teach middle schoolers, but um, I've always had kind of a built-in community wherever I've been in Petaluma. That's just kind of how Petaluma is. But as I leave Petaluma, that's not really going to be the case. And um, I am really excited about those next steps, but it also means that I'm not going to have such a personal impact that I might have here. So my, my goal, I suppose for the kind of impact that I do want to have is to just kind of create a community with each individual person that I come across and kind of just focus on those individual interactions and those individual mm -hmm. people and just showing them grace, showing them love, um, giving my joy to them and just kind of emanating love, I guess, just around the people yeah. that I'm with because even though I might not know them as personally as I might know so many people here, it doesn't mean I can't love them in the same way or in a similar way. Yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. I think we should never underestimate those moments, right? Like you can speak life into someone. So yeah, Costco can be a moment to change a life. <laughs> it, I mean, it can be, right? Like that's beautiful. Because you, you, you're going up north, right? Yeah, I'm going to be living in Salem, Oregon. All right, yeah. So that's the big adventure. So, <laughs> you know, in so many ways, like this, this year could have devastated your experiences. But it sounds like you had people walking with that as you look back on this time and you think, like, I walk, I graduated in the middle of a pandemic, like, that's not the full story, right? Like, there's so much more that you've experienced. What are you hoping to look back on this time? This isn't on, I'm just, we're winging it now, right? I'm throwing the new question out. But as you, like, look back on this time, what would you want to say was true of you 10 years from now? Um, I think that I would want to say something that's true about me is that no matter how confused I was during this time, or no matter how alone I felt, there was always someone who was looking out for me, even if I didn't see it. And I guess I kind of knew that in the back of my mm. head. Um, and I, now I definitely appreciate how much, or how many people were doing that for me. Um, but I think, because I definitely felt really alone in this past year, but I definitely grew closer to God during that time because of all the alone time I was spending with myself and then mm -hmm. just kind of as an extension, just talking to God during that time. So I think it was just me being comfortable with myself and God alone, but then also knowing that there are people who are behind me cheering for me and supporting me even through all that struggle. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think one thing that I'm gonna take away from this pandemic is a sense of identity. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I wrapped everything, myself into everything I did, whether that be young life or church or work or school, and then all of that was done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at myself and I didn't really know who I was and I didn't really know who I was in God's eyes. And so I kind of started digging deeper into who does God say I am? And mm -hmm community was really helpful in that. They were able to point me to those truths and say, well, you're God's creation. You're God's son. Um, and so I think that's something I'm going to take away from it is uh, just a deeper sense of my identity in God. Yeah, that's all. That's so great. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's safe for me to say this on behalf of everyone who's a part of your life. We are proud of you. We believe in you. Yeah. And we're excited to see the ongoing ripples your lives are going to have as you launch into the future that you have. So I, I just want to do a quick prayer blessing for you both and say thank you. So Father, here we are, so grateful that we get to be your church, your community together. And so I ask that you would bless both Alexa and both Jacob as they step into their future. 
And God, thank you that, that you've got a path for them. You've got a life for them. And so would they step into that with excitement and enthusiasm? And would you help them create the community that they've experienced here wherever they go? And so we give them to you. And we just can't wait to see what you're going to do in the coming years through their stories. Amen. And thank you both so much. <laughs> That's good. Uh-huh. Well, they're not the only ones in our church who are launching. So if you've been a part of New Life in the last little bit or a long while, you know that God's been doing some big moves in the life of Angela and Jason. And so this is Angela's last Sunday with us before she launches. And so we're going to spend some time connecting with her. Yeah, I see the tissues getting out there. Go ahead. <laughs> That's great. Um, and so Angela, why don't you come on up? We're going to get connected and hear a little bit about your story and get a chance to share about your impact. (laughs) Big sigh. Oh. It's okay. I don't want to take the mask off. It's a mess in here. Yeah. I love you too. It's leaking out my face. (laughs) This has been a story years and years in the making, but probably only became really like wondering sometime in 2019 as you started to sense God was doing a new thing in your story and had something new for you. Yeah. And even when he started nudging in 2019, I thought it was in addition to this community. Mm -hmm. So it took me a little while to realize he was calling me out. Yeah. of this community. It was actually really encouraging to listen to the two of you who I can stand on the sidelines and cheer you on thinking you're not leaving this community, you're launching from this community and you take it with you. It was actually very comforting because yeah. what your heart is screaming is it's over or some version of I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And um, But we are connected. That does not change with distance. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely taking and continuing. Yes. In a new Building, context. expanding. Yeah. yeah. All the things. I'm an Enneagram 7 for anybody that knows Enneagrams, and I'm always packing away new friends, and I haven't really found the end of my heart. You know, like, there's always space for more, so I, I am just expanding. Yes. That's awesome. That's a great picture. So. Give us a snapshot. Like, I mean, what's, what's coming up in the short little while? I know like, we've got a dream of Toronto, it's, which is not, the irony of that's not lost on me. God calls us back out of Canada to come here, and he's like, give her the baton, and now you guys are heading towards Canada at some point in your future. So what's next? Well, that's the hope. As, uh, everybody has had the phrase, like, you got to hold things loosely this year. That's the thing you do. You got to hold it loosely. Uh, at the moment, we are holding things so loosely, it feels like we're just free-falling. Like, we're not holding on to anything. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I, it does seem as though God is pointing us towards Toronto and, and um, helping us fall in love with that community, even from a distance. Jason has never been. I have been one time for three days, and two of them I was indoors at a retreat. <laughs> and yet I left um, with that weird, like, wow, this place feels like home. And at the time, I had zero uh, indications about anything. It was like, oh, that's so fun to find like a home away from home out there somewhere. Um, but it does, uh, the job prospects are pointing that direction, but it is really complicated to get a job out of the country. Like, in a pandemic. Really complicated, yeah. yeah. So between the trying to secure the job part and the immigration part related to that, and then COVID, it is super complicated. So if you follow us on social media, we've been talking about Buffalo, which would give us the opportunity to get near to the border And then if the border opened either because a work visa came through or because COVID loosened the restrictions, then we could uh, go over. And um, Mm -hmm. so Buffalo was the thing until this last week and some other stuff has come up. It's like, oh, no, no, that's not a thing. That's not a thing either. (laughs) So we are kind of homeless. (laughs) The notices turned in like it's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going out of town, but we're going out of town to uh, Virginia at the moment. We've made reservations in Virginia, and uh, we're going to hold there until it's 
more clear. Okay. Um, we're going to hold there for six weeks. That's what we've reserved is six-week housing. Um, and hopefully at the end of that six weeks, we have better clarity about what is happening. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you know what's ahead for us? Adventure. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's what's ahead for us. And we have no idea what shape that takes. Uh, the, the job prospects are really fun. If the job that, we are, uh, that I'm leaning into right now comes through, I have been doing that part-time mm -hmm. for a little while now, volunteering with that organization for a couple of years, doing it part-time. If that job comes through, it's awkward to have that conversation right now, but it could be that in just a couple of weeks, it's like God's been pointing at this for a couple of years and I just didn't know. Yeah, okay. um, it's a beautiful community. It is a beautiful calling. It is a joy. Yeah. The work is just a joy. So We've we'll had see. a lot of conversations along the way about these logistics and all this. And if I could, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of words I would use to describe you, like joyful and embracing and inclusive, but I think a word that I would want to say to you right now is brave. <laughs> you are so brave, and you, Jason. Like, and, I, and I love that you're, you're, you're sensing God calling you, and so often what I want is, can I have the full script, please? Uh -huh. And I think God's like, no, no. Just well, take I this think step. if he had given us the full script and he showed us any version of this particular season, we would have been like, is that really worth it? Are you yeah. sure? <laughs> it's, yeah. This is the, the phrase that keeps going through my mind. My faith is good. Like, I, I haven't sh shaken my fist at the heavens that much. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yes. held pretty just strong. a little bit every once in a while. <laughs> but uh, the phrase that just, like, wafts over me sometimes is like, this is not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. And so I really resonate with that sentence. But, like, you may look over and say, I look brave. Internally, it's like, this is taking a lot of bravery. <laughs> yes. Um, oh. But I have said to God, this is where God answers prayers sometimes, not that you're asking. So my whole life, I've really resonated with Alexis. Like, I want to make an impact. The phrase that I have used is, I want to be on the front lines. I want to mm -hmm. be an active participant in creating the world that we all crave and that we can keenly feel the absence of. I want to be on the front lines. And yet, simultaneously, like, that is the, the, like, gist of my passionate cry. And yet the prayers that I pray way more often are like, could you make this more convenient? I'm kind of uncomfortable yeah. over here. Like, are you sure this is the thing? I know those prayers. And I love that God listens to my passion instead of my actual prayers. Like, mm. that's, I wish they aligned more often, but I like that he knows me, like, on this level. And he doesn't just listen to my words. Yeah, um, yeah. So it is not for the faint of heart, but I wouldn't technically have it any other way. <laughs> mm. that's, that's, I mean, I think like we, we, we look at people that we sometimes think are brave and we're like, oh, they're, they're fearless. But like, no, to be brave actually means you, there's fear in the story. Yeah. Like, like that's the definition of brave. Like yeah. If there were no fear, there was no fear, I wouldn't have to be brave. Right. And I think it's just yeah. been amazing to see that. And I, like our story of moving to Canada and moving back, like Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 were the bookends. The kind of like the songs in those movies were like launching us and I just love the one in like into the unknown like that is your theme song right now like literally yeah and it's just amazing to see that that's gonna be stuck in my head for three days now Joel. Oh, yeah. that was not kind well, of well do you want to build a snowman let's try that one you're like no oh. but you will if you're moving into that area you will build more snowmen than you'll ever want to but that's okay oh but I I I know that there's a room full of people. There's people watching online. You have skipped stones. You have had impact. There's going to be a ripple of your legacy in the life of this church. And it's a beautiful thing. And there's going to be space if you want to interact with Angela and Jason in the parking lot after this. But not everyone will get a chance to hold a microphone and tell the story of that. But we've asked two people who would. And so I'm going to invite Liza Coda to come on up and to just share. Doesn't she look great? I think, I think she took a fashion tip from you. So I want to start by just asking this question. Angela, I've been watching you for two years now. And you make it look effortless. And you make it look easy. Mm -hmm. And you do it with so much beauty. But how the heck do you get your hair like this every day? Because it took so much time. And my arms are sore. <laughs> so thanks for letting me come up and share. Mm -hmm. um, you know those people that you, you, you meet them and immediately you're like, I need them to be my friend. Like, I just, mm. I need that. 
Well, Angela's laughing because that was not my response to her at first, <laughs> at all. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> but I came into her office complaining because I was just not in a good heart space. I just came into her office because church was a struggle every week for my family. My kids weren't wanting to come. And we were just sitting in a chair week after week. Hmm. And Angela challenged me <laughs> in that meeting to get out of my seat, <laughs> to get my kids out of their seats and to become a part of this community. And um, that did not happen overnight, but it gradually started to happen. And my heart space definitely changed. Um, and it took, it took a while, but I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I want to be Angela's friend. Um, it took some some getting over for me, and I had to get over this concept of mess, and I shared this with Angela hmm. maybe a year ago, but um, my life just felt messy. My family felt messy. Um, parenting felt messy. My house felt messy. In the pandemic, like, I felt like a mess. I just looked in the mirror every day, and go, who is that? Hmm. <laughs> and everything felt messy, and um, my yard felt messy, and I have these huge redwood trees um, in my yard. I love them, um, but they're also the bane of my existence because they're dropping things all the time. They're just messy. And there was this moment that God kind of called me into, um, and you reaffirmed it. When I was younger, I went to this place called Koinonia. It, it's a camp in the redwoods. And I would look up at these redwood trees, um, and I would just feel God's presence so much. And somebody was talking to me, and they're like, yeah, you know those redwood trees? They're interconnected. Mm -hmm. Their roots are all interconnected at the bottom. And when they are not interconnected, they actually can, you know, they're not as strong, and they can fall over. And I was out my yard, and I was looking at these trees, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, all of this mess. And I didn't want to invite anybody into that in my mess. And it was just like God whispered, let people in the mess. Because you had modeled that for me day in and day out. You had been vulnerable. You had been transparent. You had been real with your mess. And it made me feel like I could do that. <laughs> I, I can be real with my mess, with my garbage. And I can be interconnected with the roots. I don't have to stand alone. I don't have to do this by myself. I can choose to do koinonia. I can choose mm -hmm. to do fellowship with other people. And it changed really quickly from being a heart space of like, no, I'm going to sit in a chair and I'm not getting involved, to um, having such a beautiful friendship. And the biggest catalyst from this is um, your friendship gave me strength and helped me to say yes to the journey that God had for us. And we had started this journey three years ago. Um, we wanted to become foster parents. Mm -hmm. And then we're in a, and they, we turned in our application. Everything was good. But they didn't call us back. And it was like a year. They didn't call us back. Finally, they called us back in, you know, a pandemic. And they're like, hey, you know, are you still interested in being foster parents? And we're like, uh, it's a pandemic. <laughs> and we have four kids at home, um, ages 5 to 14. And... Um, we're a mess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a pandemic. So our immediate thought was, um, no, we can't do this. And we're like, okay, well, maybe we can just do it if it's like a younger kid and we're not doing school with them. And so we, we said, okay, we will do this if it's like, you know, four and under. We got this. So we did the home study. We went through this process and they called us and they said, hey, we have this kid for you. She's amazing. And um, we'd really like for you to meet her. And we were like, okay, great. Yeah, that sounds so great. And they said, she's 12. <laughs> and we're like, wait, come again. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have teenagers at home. <laughs> and, and it was in that journey, and I don't remember if it was that day or a different day, but um, you had been texting back and forth with me, and you just texted and said, I'm praying for you, friend. And um, Courtney and I were praying too, and we said, okay, God, I have no idea why you're asking us to this, but we're going to go ahead and do this, because maybe we can help somebody. Well, turns out, we didn't help somebody. Mm -hmm. She was just such a light and a joy that brought into our home. 
And um, mm. so much of that story is because you challenged me to get out of myself, get out of my seat, to become involved. You were there when I was in parenting crisis, <laughs> totally a mess, and you were encouraging me so that I could go on this journey and be a part of somebody's life who has had way more impact on us than we will ever have on her, mm. and she's amazing. So you have been such a huge part of this year, but not just this year. It's my kids and what you've poured into them. Um, it's the ability for us to go beyond what we could have or would have without the encouragement and without the community that is here. Hmm. And it's so funny because I just, I, I was having this conversation with God, like, okay, fine, just one friend. I have the opposite. If she's like open heart, like bottomless friends, I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> I have no room in my life. I'm a total mess. No. And um, it starts with one. <laughs> and then... Yeah, it's contagious, and um, this is my community, and mm -hmm. um, this is our home, and I just am so grateful for the ripple effect that you have had in my life and in my family's life. So thank you, Ange. That's awesome. Thank you. I love that. Like, her willingness to say yes was because of your influence, your impact. I think so oftentimes what, what, what God wants is like, just give me your yes and watch what I can do. And I think we're so afraid to do that. So we need someone to come alongside and be a champion. And I think there are a lot of people who have said yes in this church because of you. I am sort of a relentless recruiter. <laughs> yes. That's sort of a thing. I, some of you dread my phone calls. I know you do. <laughs> but. Yeah. Well, then we have great fun after that. After I recruit you, we have great fun, but that's awesome. sort of relentless. <laughs> so we have a voice from the past who's somebody was a part of New Life even before our time here and reached out to say, hey, I, I'm pretty sure Angela's had impact in your life. Would you be willing to share? And so we're bringing Elise in via video <laughs> to share a story. And this is like, please, Murphy, don't show up. So are we good? Can we roll it? We, I, <laughs> It's working. to well, some examples of what that looked like in a minute, but first you need to know how I started adult life. Um, I grew up in a family that just revolved around addiction and with that came just a lot of traumas. And I entered adulthood with a narrative about myself that said I was worthless and rejected. And I believed that I had to be perfect and I had to be all things to everyone in order to be wanted and accepted. So I met Angela in 2009 and right off the bat, I remember thinking she's different because she wanted a friendship with me. She pursued a friendship with me just because she liked me. <laughs> Not because I had done anything for her. I really didn't have anything to offer her. She just liked who I was. And that was like weird <laughs> and awesome maybe terrifying too, um, for me. <laughs> um, but she, throughout the friendship, that was like just the beginning, throughout the friendship, she has stood by me. She could see things, good things in me that I could not see, that others around me couldn't see, or at least if they could, they weren't saying it. Um, even when I would mess up, I would hurt her feelings, name any number of things. She never left. She continued to love me. She continued to believe the best in me. She saw my potential. She saw what I was capable of that I never saw. I mean, she had this narrative of me that matched, in reality, it matched God's narrative of me that I had never heard. I had talked to God before, but we weren't having conversations like this. 
God and I, <laughs> I wasn't asking him what he thought of me. I didn't know. I thought he was disappointed in me when I messed up like everyone else was. Um, it wasn't until God used Angela as a conduit did I realize, oh, I think I got God wrong. I think he actually loves me even when I mess up, even when I'm still sinning, even when fill in the blank. Um, Ange used her voice to physically say these things to me, physically say the good things she saw in me, all these things already listed. <laughs> um, she acted out these things in a relationship with me. She never left. She practiced unconditional love, which was unfathomable to me. Um, these things were key because I think it's really hard to just read something and then have it like change you. Anyway, <laughs> I could read the Bible all day long and, and hear it say, I'm accepted, I am wanted, I am loved, I am adopted by God, but it didn't do anything for me in this area. I want to take back my last statement because I have read things from the Bible and been transformed, but in this area for me, it, it didn't. The words on the paper fell flat. It just felt like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. But when God used a person, when he used Angela to be a conduit for his voice, it changed everything. And it gave me the confidence to sit down with God and say, okay, let's talk. Let's talk about what do you think about me when I yell at my kids? What do you think about me when I lie? What do you think about me when I behave this way? What do you think about me when I make these choices? And that's terrifying. To open up and to look in there together and look at things that I felt were ugly, ugly, and think people, humans are gonna reject me if they see this and they, I'm inviting God in there. But he, because of the way he used Angela, it empowered me to hear him say, no, I love you. No, I choose you. I know that's there. And I love you anyway. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here by me. <laughs> Let's look at it together. And that just opened up a whole new world for me. And it has empowered me to take this message of unconditional love, of worth, of truly the way God sees us, honestly, not judgmental, not these things we've mistaken him for. He's not disappointed in me or you. I get to take this message and spread it to people around me, people I work with, my family, my kids get to grow up knowing they are loved, they are wanted, they are accepted. And thank you. Thank you for being faithful to God. I love you. I'm proud of you for jumping into what God has for you next. I love you, New Life. My time's up. I'll see you soon. Angela, thank you for skipping stones into the lives of people in our church. The ripple of your influence and impact is going to last for years and years. And I know that wherever you go, God's going to still use you to do that. So what we want to do now is to pray a prayer blessing over you and Jason. So I'm going to ask our stewards to come up. And this group of youth right here, you're a part of that impact. I want you to come up and be a part of this with us too. So come on up. And church, we're going to, we're going to have someone pray a prayer of blessing. And I want to invite you as we pray to be a part of it too. So as we're praying, if you feel comfortable, would you just reach your hands out? A prayer of blessing for them. Can you get that wrong? I'm going to drop this. this And so, come on, come on, you guys. So we are your church. We believe in you. We love you. We are for you. So Ron's going to do a prayer of blessing for us. God, this is a big day. This day has been on your calendar for a long time, even when it wasn't on ours. And... This is so reminiscent of a group of Jesus followers who gathered around a couple of guys named Paul and Barnabas, and they sent them out into the world to do an amazing work in your kingdom. And really, those two guys changed the world. And so today, 
uh, we gather around Angela and Jason, and in that same way, we send them off from a local church to an international ministry that touches people um, on every continent except for Antarctica, and who knows? <laughs> Maybe someday. And so as Angela steps into that new job and Jason moves his business to a new location, uh, God, we pray in faith because they are taking steps of faith. And we're reminded that Jesus one time said, foxes have holes. Birds have nests, but I don't know where I'm going to lay my head tonight. And for all of the people who have pressed into you and you have given extraordinary callings to, their lives have been like that. And so we trust that you will take this extraordinary calling you have given to Angela and that you will use her in ways that expand your kingdom across the face of the earth. We pray about the, the work visa, that that would come through in your timing. We pray about where they will live when the border will open. We pray about the finalization of the job offer that, that uh, is so close. Uh, we pray that even in the next two or three weeks that there would be some clarity uh, in the meantime, would you give them grace to know that though they don't know for sure where, where they'll live, when they'll move, they don't know for sure. There's no guarantee of any of those things. Would you give them grace to understand that their future is as secure as your promise and it's as secure as your love? God, we are grateful for 20-plus years of service here at New Life, for literally thousands of lives that have been touched through Angela and in more recent years through Angela and Jason. We're grateful for ministry, ministry meetings, uh, children, um, adults, just person after person you have touched. And uh, on this day, we celebrate not only what has been done, but what will be done. And we pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.